Discord now. Episode 176, quarantine <laughs> week. I don't even know anymore. Nobody knows if we're all living in the vortex of Groundhog Day. Two Jews and a microphone. Take four. There we go. Hey, Rod, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you're keeping it anonymous. Yeah. Tough captain. <laughs> <laughs> the anonymity, I think it was somebody, one of the guests, or I think it was Hulk Hogan, uh, outed us. Someone outed us. Yeah, he, yeah lot, I think we've outed ourselves as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We, maybe we just bleep it out because yeah. you love using the bleeping out function. I, I, love, I, I love going back in and, and editing things and bleeping. I, I can't believe that being an editor is a job. I find that so tedious. Uh, yeah, it's so necessary. So I, to all the editors out there, along with the essential workers, but really more the editors, because you know what? Anybody could be a fucking nurse or even a doctor, but to make the movie the way it looks on your Netflix, that's the fucking editor who did that shit. Exactly. You know, it's funny. You're the second person who, who uh, I, I woke up this morning and, uh, and then had a call with someone and they said exactly the same thing. It's amazing. Like, it's not like I have this, conversation every day they said exactly that it's like the editor is the king <laughs> you don't have conversations about about editors being at the top of the fucking pyramid every day i yes i, I do not no i do not it's just a very maybe it's just because it's thursday or, or you, you gotta bleep out thursday also we can't mention dates and times yeah especially because there's not supposed to be any days of the week anymore <laughs> um yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's it seems like a profession that society does not want to acknowledge the way they do a, a director and of course the uh, you know an actor. But what got me thinking about it? It comes from a real place, you know, like like they like they teach you an acting school. Take it from a real place. Uh, there is a, a popular kind of like Zoom, but schools using called Flipgrid. Have you seen this Flipgrid? I have not seen it, no. It's basically, uh, you post all your different works. So kids are working on projects and it's a very simple to use um, website and you just use the camera on your phone or your computer. You get a minute and a half, you record whatever and you upload it, teacher approves it. So my son was doing, uh, wanted to do an archeological dig. They gave him a, a science project and everything in his life right now revolves around Legos. Did you have something when you were seven years old that life revolved around? Did you have a toy or some kind of fascination? Um, G.I. Joe figures yeah. or, or Transformers? Yeah. Or? I think so. I think it was, that's exactly what it was. I think it was either G.I. Joe or Transformers. Of course, like I was growing up in a, in a foreign country, which at the time did not have all the abundance that America does. Uh, and Was it a country uh, located between uh, Lebanon and Egypt? Uh, yeah, somewhere okay. between the Mediterranean and Jordan. Perfect. Yeah, by the way, I'm hearing some like background noise and I'm wondering if it's the line or if it's something on your end or on my well, end. Well, in, in keeping this uh, very real during quarantine, I believe somebody is vacuuming and I must have wow. a very sensitive microphone. Wow, I can totally hear it. I can I, I can really pick I have it headphones up. up, but you know what? It's a it's a great time to take a brief break. So we're gonna uh, take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> right. Ah, two Joes uh, <laughs> two Joes. 
<laughs> I don't even know where the fuck we're from. Two Joes and a microphone is, <laughs> is back. So anyway, you were describing about uh, a, a, perhaps a favorite toy that might have been an obsession of yours when you were roughly seven years old. <laughs> yes. But you're from a country that you were saying was kind of behind America and maybe back then was way behind uh, America. Yeah, I mean, just to give you an idea, so I would, um, I would visit my grandparents in, uh, in the States once a year. And for me, it was just like this. I mean, I'm the only grandchild. I didn't have any like kids my age to play with. So my friends, very sad, but my friend was the television. And I would watch all these cartoons because at the time in this country where I'm from, there was one channel and you had to watch whatever the hell was on it. And it, was, it wasn't great. Uh, and suddenly you're in America where like you have so many channels on TV. I mean, even if you have four channels, that's like four times as many channels. But there were more. There was cable and everything. And I just would like sit myself in front of the TV and just watch everything. And that includes, of course, you know, 30% of that is commercials. And I remember the commercials for G.I. Joe and, and, and Transformers and how much I wanted those things. And at various points, I had it. Uh, I don't know if I was ever overly obsessed with it because the reality was back in Israel, oops, you got to bleep that, oh, back in this country. Editor, where's that I, editor we need? <laughs> I got to go on Fiverr after this and go find the editor at Bangladesh <laughs> to do this. Somebody I could afford. So anyway, you were going back and what happened? I, I, so I don't know if I had an obsession at the same level. I'm curious because like I bet part of the obsession over a toy, like what you're describing with Lego, is that it's not only your obsession, it's something that you can talk about with your friends in school and do stuff with. And I never had that part. I just had the, I had the thing, not all of it. I didn't collect it all or anything. I had like the, the hovercraft, the G.I. Joe hovercraft, or I had like one of the, uh, one or two of the Transformer toys, but I never had the whole set. I could never like sit with other kids and play with them, you know, because they didn't have it. Ooh, vacuum. <laughs> oh, vacuum. Hey, we're going to take another commercial break. Be right back in a second. Uh, all right, another break. <laughs> we're back. Uh, you, you told me you had a question for me, which we can take a, a break from the story. We're in the middle. And just, just to remind our, our listeners out there that may have just joined. And for those that don't understand how radio works, you know, it's considered the average radio listeners there for no more than 15 minutes, which is why you'll find radio hosts are always kind of going back and giving you a primer on what they were talking about, as they would on a morning show. So we've been discussing uh, an unknown country uh, in the uh, off the Mediterranean between <laughs> Lebanon and Egypt uh, back when uh, co-host Rod was roughly seven years old. Uh, toys he was unable to access, um, but he did watch the one channel they had and saw what was happening in America and all the uh, propaganda slash advertising that was being uh, jammed into children's brains so they could bug their parents on what to buy. Uh, but before we get back to that story, uh, you had some <laughs> questions about a conversation you just overheard. Uh, please. I, I did. I just, uh, so the, the source of the conversation is there was a, a vacuuming sound in the background. You know, we're all at home. We're not trying to hide this. Yeah, which uh, I could not hear, to be fair, because I'm wearing enormous uh, headphones uh, for a child that uh, has an issue. It's really interesting how someone like across the world on the other side of the world is hearing the vacuum that is right next door to you and you do not yeah i didn't hear anything That's... and i opened my my office door and i was shocked to see an actual vacuum um yeah 
So that, that's impressive just speaking for technology. What, what was your question you had? Well, I was curious about the conversation. I was almost like, it, it sounded like, uh, first of all, I thought you were uh, like super polite. I mean, I don't know why I expected you to open the door and go like, do you mind? But... <laughs> well, I, 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 to, be, to be honest, which we do in this show, and I think all of our four listeners appreciate, uh, with my therapist, I, I'm trying to um, you know, practice not doing that, not allowing the jersey in me to come out, as one might say. <laughs> so this, this, is, this is a conscientious and ongoing effort that has recently been amped up with quarantine making the worst of me uh, come out at times. I feel like everything you say or do opens up more doors for conversation because what I heard from the last thing you said was was the the jersey in you and 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 there was definitely a negative uh like there was there and and I've heard this in in previous conversations as well uh with our guests that there is there doesn't seem to be anything positive the way you view New Jersey which by the way uh, matches my impression of New Jersey entirely, but I'm just curious if, like, if if this is true or whether there's anything about that state that you appreciate. You know, we we don't have enough hours in the day uh, <laughs> to get into why the Jersey stereotype is what it is, but I will say that it's it's actually this is true. This is not uh, some bullshit. It's a lovely it's a lovely state. It is. Uh, it, it is it is truly uh, a wonderful state, but it's also, it's such a great punchline is what Jersey is. And so if you happen to be from Jersey or have a connection to New Jersey, or it somehow can align itself to a story in any tangential way possible, it's just an immediate like, aha, Jersey. You don't say like, oh, Pennsylvania. It's too fucking long a word, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Delaware, ah, oh, because you're from fucking Delaware. Like it just... There's something about Jersey. It's like fuck. It's this amazing word that actually has multiple meanings. And depending on the uh, affection um, or affliction of your voice, uh, it just means different things. And so to be like a Jersey, it's just something about it. Um, and I think the Sopranos did a decent job of highlighting an aspect of New Jersey, um, not all of it. But it's, it's not that bad other than say that it is very typical of the Northeast Corridor, which really roughly comprises basically Philadelphia to Boston. Uh, and that has to do with impatience. It's a, it's a place where people generally don't have much patience. Uh, everybody's kind of always in a hurry. Has a higher yeah. population density than most parts of America, which is why COVID is actually so much higher there. Um, and therefore, people can be assholes. And <laughs> which I'm trying not to be when I open my door and I hear a vacuum. Right. And because that's like you, you say, this would be my default is all the people that I grew up with. Uh -huh. um, and you're saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I want to be somebody who's not from New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, don't you have something similar? Because you're from this unknown and unnamed country off the Mediterranean between Lebanon and Egypt. You know, I, from my recollection, a lot of people there can be how do we say abrasive? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. We're all New Jersey, New Jerseyites at, at heart. And, I, and I might when, even be from the New Jersey of, of, of that country. So like what, if, what, if there what was an equivalent Jersey. I, I, in our times together over all these years, I don't sense any of that from you. Even when you speak the native uh, tongue of this land, 
Um, what have you done to sort of um, extricate yourself from the uh, Mediterranean Jersey? I think I was always uh, separated from that. I think I was never truly uh, uh, of that country. I was always uh, looking at America and looking at a certain part of America to try to mimic and, and uh, I don't know. So, so in many ways, I never, I never became that person that is associated with this country I, at, like at no point. There were early parts in my, in my life where I definitely had a, a slightly different personality when I spoke, I'm just gonna say it Hebrew and maybe, maybe you'll know what country I'm talking about. Oh, and when I spoke, <laughs> that's a great, great, great language. Uh, so when I, I had a, they say that you have a different personality sometimes when you speak different languages. I don't, and again, I'm opening another conversational door here. And that's totally, uh, that's no, true. When I, when I speak yeah. Spanish, when I speak Spanish, I feel, I feel like I'm probably good in bed. I feel like I, I feel like if you were going to have, <laughs> if you had sex with me during those moments, I was speaking Spanish. It's going to be really, it's going to be nice. It's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And uh, if I'm speaking English, it's going to suck. Um, so I, I know what you mean. I, I do. Internally, I feel like I have rhythm, even though there's no way my rhythm changes from really bad, awkward white man when I speak English to like all of a sudden I'm some, you know, suave Iglesias uh, doing the I've, tango. I've, I've heard you speak Spanish and I, I'm very impressed with it. Like every time you speak Spanish, I mean, to, to a person like me who does not speak Spanish, it sounds like you are insanely fluent in it, but but you can tell that you're fluent because you have this extra this extra attitude that goes along with it. Yeah, and I'm gonna uh, share I'm gonna share a secret now in this uh, additional tangent. It, it's all bullshit. I just have a thing with imitation. So all I do when I learn a language is I really try to practice how they make their words sound, but not necessarily getting into the nitty gritty of syntax. Um, and I, I did it in Brazil after just a couple of months and, and people couldn't believe it because I didn't sound like I was from another country, yet I didn't sound exactly Brazilian. Um, so I told them all I was from the least populated province of Brazil, which is called Acre, um, and it's kind of near the Amazon. And uh, sometimes they say I was full of shit, and then I would say, <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been to Acre? And they'd always say no. They know anybody from Acre, they say no. And I said, well, this is what people from Acre sound like. And eight, eight out of 10 times, not always, but eight out of 10 times, they'd walk away and they'd always say, wow, it's so cool to meet somebody from Acre with no sarcasm. <laughs> in their voice. Anyway, I, I, love, I love imitating an accent. So go on, you were saying I, and, about, and about I love, your own. Yeah, and I love, by the way, that you chose like something good to imitate. Unfortunately, in the Netherlands, because I speak Dutch and I sound, I think, like my grammar sounds like Borat speaking English, <laughs> um, I somehow chose as my role model to speak Dutch, like this generic 55 year old man who lives with his mother and goes yeah. to like uh, the, the store with coupons every weekend. Like it's the, the most boring person you could imagine. And I overplay <laughs> that. And I, you know, like I can, I can entertain if somebody knows me, then, then they find it very funny. But if they don't, I just I sound like I, I got to ask, man, because you bring up something that probably many, probably nobody knows about. If you don't speak a second language, that whole concept doesn't exist. And even some people speak a second language may know it from birth. So it doesn't exist. But when you learn a language, you do sort of model what you're doing off a certain voice. Um, 
How did you how did you come up with the fifty five year old guy that lives with his mom? I think I saw I I think it was it was my way of dealing with uh, the struggle of learning the language. Actually, it was my way of 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 I mean I'm really like analyzing myself right now, but I would say uh, it's it's just a way of of not of 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 making it a joke. And that's that like I found it to be funny to be that person. But in the long run, it's not that helpful because I feel really boring when I speak Dutch. So I, 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 as a result, I will speak less Dutch. I will speak other languages where I, I find myself uh, less boring. <laughs> so are, are you like, that's interesting. So you have the opposite experience. Like when I speak uh, Portuguese or Spanish, I, I sort of feel like, I feel good. I feel like, uh, you know, like I, I don't know, like I got something that I don't have when I'm speaking English, but it, you're do, saying it's do the you, opposite. By the way, do you, th do you feel like you, that I, I it, I'll make a generalization before I, before I, uh, we talk about you, but do you Please stereotype, like just don't use people, Nicaraguans. Yeah. <laughs> I won't use the N word. Um, <laughs> so do, do you feel like, uh, people are, um, you know, when they, when they decide to learn another language, it's usually because their penis or vagina is attracted to members of that country's sex that they would like to have sex with. Do you think that is a primary choice of, of why people learn a second language in their adult life? If I had a direct lineage to Freud, I would immediately say yes. Yeah, because there's always <laughs> going to be an argument that everything in life, somehow it can be traced back to the genitalia and not just because it's what hatched us. Um, and my personal reason for learning Spanish, uh, you know, it, I was like a lot of Americans, you're, you know, you're, you're, you mandatory learn at least two years or three years in high school. Uh, I assumed I forgot it all. And when I did an uh, exchange program in college and lived uh, very close to your hometown, uh, your adopted hometown, uh, in Zandvoort on Zee in the Netherlands, <laughs> I lived in an international apartment complex and had a lot of neighbors from Spain uh, and they didn't speak English. And there was one and only one like really hot chick, but I was already into some other girls from different countries that weren't Spain. So I, for me, it was just that I wanted to communicate. I, I genuinely wanted to like, you know, have a conversation with these people and they, their English sucks. So they clearly did not take a second language in Spain. Um, and so like little by little, my Spanish from high school came back to me. And that's when I realized like, fuck, knowing another language is great. And then, you know, as I started, you know, selling drugs and working for narcos, I would, uh, you know, pick up more and more <laughs> Spanish. Um, but I, I do think your, your theory for a lot of people is probably true um, because the underbelly of the learning might be to impress people, which might have to do with uh, releasing ejaculate of some sort. <laughs> which is usually the first, the first words you learn in another language. How do you say uh, releasing ejaculate in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> Mama. <laughs> Although, well, what's funny about that is that that is the first word that most kids learn in all languages around the world. 
Um, and in many languages, it is mama because that's the, the natural sound, the natural uh, movement of the lips that a baby makes. But in Spanish, it is also a verb that means to suck. Huh? Which is what you're doing to the nipple, but you would also say it throughout life if you just wanted someone to suck, uh, let's just say, your penis. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mama pene. Yeah. Mama pene? Yeah, with, with an Italian accent, that would be great. Mama, mama pen. Mama. Should, I'm should asking we... for the pasta. I'm not. I'm not talking about penises. Are they, is, uh, is, lo is lockdown over in the Milan area? Are they able to? Uh, are they able to talk now on the phone? Because that's, uh, a, we... that's, a, that's a great question. We should call up some people. We should like prank call people in Milan. <laughs> Zoom. Zoom will doing. give us. Zoom will give us a, a forty minutes allotment if we add a third person to this <laughs> recorded conversation. We should just make prank calls around the. Uh, <laughs> Greater Milan area <laughs> saying <laughs> Mama Penne. <laughs> uh, oh, that'd be great. It's worth a, uh, it's so, worth a shot. So back back to your story anyway about your language uh, learning. Yeah. In Dutch and the fifty five year old man living in the uh, basement with his mother, or maybe his he lives in a basement. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so that was like some weird choice that I made early on and, uh, and people who know me and they hear me speak Dutch, they're, they're, I think part of them are entertained by it, but part of them are frustrated by it because they're, they're looking at a person who's basically maybe made a decision like, look, this is as good as my Dutch is going to get and it's not that great. Uh, but but it started with Israel and in Israel like I, I speak Hebrew and no names no, had... no 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 country names please <laughs> please bleep it out uh, I had um, there I had two personalities I had my my English language personalities the the Hebrew was much more uh, obnoxious I would say I mean uh -huh. not not by any real standards but by my standards and then um, and then over time I've learned to I think I've just I've just found my personality over time. Like maybe I was still searching, but then uh, as I found something that's closer to my true self, uh, I and that might have taken me my entire twenties to to really get to. I noticed that my uh, Hebrew and my English are they 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 uh, they 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 have the same personality. Interesting. So you used to notice a difference, but now you don't. That's right. Because there's a linguistic term for it, which is known as code switching. Uh, Americans are very familiar with it because in the African-American community, um, anyone yeah. who might have uh, black friends, you know, will notice uh, in, in a group of just African-Americans, you'll notice one dialect, and then you'll notice right. what you, someone might call white speak, uh, mm. you know, uh, or some call standard English, uh, when, uh, amongst other people that are outside of uh, that community. So that is a real thing. Yeah. But it is funny. Yeah, so, to, it is funny yeah. to think of like who you embody in, in doing that. Are, are there actually cool Dutch people you could have chosen? Like, because to me, the entire Dutch language, it's got to be. If, if ling linguists were ranking the least attractive languages in the world, <laughs> definitely top ten. Uh, in my experience, I'd, I'd make it a top fiver. It is, you know, people in French. A woman can tell you she is gonna shit on her face and walk away. <laughs> and you'll be very pleased with how she said it. Um, uh -huh. A Dutch person can tell you about all the free fellatio you're going to receive for the next week. <laughs> um, and, and you're just going to want to like push her away like uh, overcooked Brussels sprouts <laughs> in a TV dinner. Um, 
That's a wonderful bit. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I, I mean, it's weird to, I mean, obviously Dutch people, I don't think they'll they'll look at it the same way because they were born with it and that's the standard. But the, the, the guttural sound is, is something that, um, yeah, I never really, I, I think it's fun. I, I think it's actually fun to use it as a language, but for some reason, I think we have been coded to hear, you know, your, your, your Hawkins fit or something like that. It's not, it's exactly like, it's not yeah so so there's something very impolite about the sound of it uh even though it's just a sound it's like it's crazy that this is how we've been coded as well right yeah i guess but I, you know i i find uh, you know listening to languages around the world I, I i think with with a lot of asian languages when they're speaking i i don't have as visceral reaction um and, and many of the languages of Europe, but there is something particular about, you know, German and Dutch and, and even Dutch slightly worse than German for me, but it is, it's the, what'd you call it? The hack and hack and hawk? The hawk and hack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that ugh, a lot of homophilics. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's, there's way more of that, I would say in Dutch than, uh, than in Hebrew or uh, like, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Oh, I'm hearing some background noise again. You know, it's that it's that really high quality speaker that I spent hours on Amazon searching for. Um, uh, thank you to our sponsor, Samson, by the way, a really good microphone. And I uh, really appreciate the uh, free one. I hope to send me when you see all the hits we're going to get on this, uh, this viral sensation. We're it is it is a really good microphone, by the way. I, I'm like, I hear you very clearly. It's getting the bass sounds. It's it's it's, it's an excellent microphone. And it's it's portable, so uh, when uh, when when things open back up, uh, we can do it. Now, what's this bullshit? I'm noticing I'm getting a uh, a time limit, but I thought that was only if you had three or more people. I thought so too. Are, you're getting a time limit. So you know what? It's because I think you originally, holy shit, your OCD habit of overly swiping. There were oh, two, there were right. two Rod Benzes, and even though we oh uh, uh, no, you revealed my whole name. Oh shit. Uh, yeah. That's going to get bleeped. That's, that will not, I will find the editor for sure. I promise you. All right. Well, we've got, uh, we've got nine minutes and then we can decide on uh, part two or not. But uh, anyway, I think people like to know the logistics behind these sensational art pieces that are being sent out there. Um, yeah. Which brings us back Absolutely. to, which brings us back to editors and why editors are so necessary and really, uh, we have to stop this overly uh, effusive, you know, nature we have right now towards grocery store workers, delivery drivers, the people that we're always at the bottom of the appreciation ladder now, or everyone's, you know, saying thanks to, um, but not really. They're not actually giving them more money, which they want. They're just no, like, they're, they're just, they're just they're saying not. it like on an email or a fucking Instagram post. But what I'm, I'm saying that, is, yeah, fuck that yeah. editors, man. Let's just simplify it. Because if no one's editing the books, if no one's editing the videos, if no one's editing the movies, uh, shit's going to suck because no one wants to hear anything that's raw form or see it. I, I feel like the world is heading in that direction, but I uh, still very much respect the, uh, the role of the editor, as in to say, uh, I would much rather listen to something that has been edited uh, than, than something that hasn't. Yeah, which says uh, a lot for this show, which is totally unedited. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> have you ever tried editing yourself? You ever done any editing of uh, videos oh, yeah. you've made or? Oh yeah, adult I, films? I do a lot of yeah, all the adult films. I, I edit them to make myself look way better in them. I uh -huh. uh, I, I get into I put them into slow motion. Um, yeah, yeah, I edit a lot of movies, a lot of vacation movies, and, uh, and, and sometimes I make these, like, silly movies for whatever, and, uh, also when I was doing the podcast, uh, here, uh, I was editing that podcast, so I was regularly, uh, editing quite a bit, and, uh, edit my writing, so there's a lot of editing going on. How do you find the, um the process of, uh, of deleting scenes, or, or bringing scenes in, or, you know, basically a, a detailed form of copying and pasting. Uh, that's okay for you, or do you not like doing that? I really like doing it. I uh, I love I love the process. Actually, I really enjoy um, having some sort of vision of what I want to do, and then like getting whatever material I need to get, and then like, and then yeah, making it small. Like typically, you might have you know, like it's the initial temptation is like, let's use everything. But then you're like, no, 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 it's gotta be, if it's a vacation video, it's gotta be the length of one song. You know, no, no one wants to watch more than that. Uh, if it's uh, if it's a commercial or if something for YouTube, let, let's let it be one minute because nobody wants to watch more than that. And then it's a real challenge. You start looking at how to speed things up, how to cut things that aren't necessary and uh, it's it's a joy i really love it because then you see the end product and you're like this is this is something i can be proud of you know what this is why we should get married because i'm the opposite yeah i i can't yeah i, I like if someone asks me to give a speech or to do a talk somewhere i'll talk for i can do an hour no problem but but three minutes yeah I find, that's right I, I find very difficult and i find the whole process and anything i've ever written or if i've recorded something i cannot uh, sit and focus and, and do that. Um, and it's what led to my, uh, which many of our listeners who are parents out there of young children uh, might know, this flip grid thing, the, this, uh, I don't know the equivalent to even make an analogy, but the, you basically post these videos of wor works you're doing. We decided because it was a multi-part thing, uh, my son chose Legos. So we were talking about toys before. Um, That's right. And you had said, that, you know, a lot of them you couldn't even access in the uh, unnamed nation between Lebanon and Egypt. <laughs> and uh, for me at that age, I was, uh, I was into like, uh, like little army figures. And then also, oh, like I had those too. Yeah. Little plastic pieces of shit. Uh, yep. Back when things were like said made in Taiwan or made in Korea, like made in China That's wasn't right. even a thing. That's um, right. Yeah. But GI Joe was one I, I, I definitely had. And which uh, so ones did you have? Ah, uh, God, I can't remember any of their names. I mean, one guy's name was like Leatherface or Leather, some kind of like what I grew up to know was bondage. Like if someone says leather, I'm thinking you'd like to get the whip. But this this dude's name was Leather, Leather something. Did you have, did you have any of like the, 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 the you know, the things they were traveling in, like the plane or the, the hovercraft or something else? You know, I, it mostly about the characters. I, I bet I did. And I do remember like my son, like having this obsession. So He's got this obsession with Legos, and particularly there's a Lego series out there called, and we're not getting any money for this, so I'm only going to say it once, you motherfuckers, Ninjago. Um, so there's this popular series of these uh, little ninjas that are actually Legos, uh, and he's obsessed. He's so obsessed that uh, every time I see him, he is asking Google 
uh, about like when the latest episode is coming out. And he'll keep repeating the question so he can see like Google images of what the uh, episode might look like. Mm -hmm. So he chose to do, he had to do a science project. So he chose to do Legos. And uh, one of the options he came up with was uh, freezing his Lego, this little Lego figure. It's a, not a, it's a Lego figure. So it's actually a little dude, a little ninja guy. Um, so he was going to freeze it and then he's going to excavate it. So I knew he couldn't do it all in one shot. I know a little bit about directing and I knew that was going to take longer than the 90 seconds they were going to allot us. Um, right. What I didn't know was that the people who program this are a little smarter than me and they allowed a pause function. Ah. <laughs> I thought it was all one running shot. We're going to do an Antonioni uh, film. <laughs> but no, uh, some very clever engineer realized if you had a pause feature, you can film uh, little snippets over the course of days. Well, I didn't know that. So we just filmed it on his uh, little cheap Chromebook uh, that he uses for school. And it was uh, a format name I never heard of. And it was a format that would not upload to the uh, Flipgrid. You ever had this mm -hmm. experience with like incompatible oh, yeah. formats? Oh, yeah. So I could have just forgotten about it. He would have forgotten about it. But I was like, I was proud that he did it. And I thought he should be able to post it. And I descended into a, a five-hour technology hell of, uh, oh, no. of formatting, you know, going to websites and doing these free conversion files, you know, trying yeah. to find a video editor that would merge these together. And I know all our listeners right now are saying, oh, if you just used uh, this or that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't fucking work, okay? Because <laughs> the original file was somehow corrupted based on whatever Chromebook uses to film videos. Um, so I used all the popular converters and players out there and, and every time I tried to upload it, the, the audio was missing or, or the, the fucking, uh, part of the video was cut off. Uh, and then finally at like 2 AM, uh, the upload of the various parts was complete uh, because I tried to edit it into one. And that's when I realized I'm not a fucking editor. Like I did not have the patience to condense two and a half minutes into one and a half minutes. That's how bad an editor uh... I am. I couldn't shave a minute off a child's uh, frozen Lego excavation. Well, I will say this. It, it's not easy. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. That makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> you know what didn't make me feel good is when uh, I went the next day to go see it and it wasn't on there and the teacher has to approve it. So I tried to write a nice email, but sometimes, you know, you can't help yourself and you let out a couple of words that allow the, you know, allow it, allow it to shine. I think it's the a time for the Jersey, the Jersey and you came out the Jersey. Let's, uh, let's take another break and, uh, we'll get back to this in just a moment. Take two. We're back. That was a nice uh, break and we're not uh, joined by your doppelganger. So, uh, we should be good. <laughs> we, 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 we what were the be. words? Or do you have to like uh, rec uh, recount what happened for our listeners? Uh, I don't know, but well, well, uh, I'm already we're, curious. What were the words that were used in that email? Oh, the uh, the, the email to paraphrase uh, without uh, trying to dig it up while we're live on air was, I'm very tired. I was up very late trying to get this thing, which I probably should not have said thing to work. Uh, and I see it's not there. Is there a problem? Now, that might have been interpreted like I was kind of a dick. Um, so I'm not sure what his teacher thought. 
Um, but it turned out that uh, after all that work, the file didn't even fucking work. So for some reason uh -huh. on my end, it looked like it did, but it didn't. Uh, uh -oh. And the teacher just said, oh, oh just send me the, the original file, the one before I went through the five hour of conversion hell. And uh, uh -huh. somehow based on the timings of her emails, uh, did not take her very long at all to get it on Flipgrid. So I'm uh, slowly becoming, <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly becoming my parents. I am slowly becoming the people that we laugh at that uh, every time my kids call them on FaceTime, somehow can't hear anything or can't see anything or don't know what they're doing or pushing the wrong buttons. Uh, it's weird to think like at some point in your life, you were relevant and slowly you're not relevant. What, uh, so I'm curious, what happened when you were going through this five hours of hell? What was your inner monologue? Are you like, fucking shit and all that sort of stuff like as you're you know it, through this are you no it, it was more like uh anyone who was everyone these days who gets an internet wormhole you just you're just digging a, a pit that keeps collapsing on you at the beach that's it it just keeps falling back on you and so i just kept jumping from site to site following their advice on how to convert it and then i'd have to wait and then every time it would convert there was something wrong with the video um so I wasn't cursing as much as I was obsessed. Like I was singularly obsessed. I had a number of things for my job and, and, and my own life to take care of, uh, but I didn't. I just could not uh, get out of it. And, and I think because of that, I wasn't even thinking clearly because there must've been an easier way than whatever the hell I did. But I, I was honestly trying. Um, but one of the advice would probably be don't follow the things that come up on Google because that is, you know, it's just a bunch uh, of random people who started websites that uh, get people to advertise on them. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I was, I was desperate, man. Oh man. I, I've been there. I think I know what your teacher did, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to bore people with the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the editors, the editors details. This is the non-editor in me and saying, editors, we love you, but also go fuck yourselves, you know, because you guys exist to do that shit because nobody else wants to touch it. No one else wants to deal with that, you know, fine detail of just making it right. But we do appreciate you. We really appreciate you. It's, it's so funny to start the day with that editor conversation. And, and this is the end of the day for me. So to end the day, with uh with kind of like the other end of the spectrum my advice to the person i spoke to the first person i spoke to when i woke up uh, I, I i called i called them and then, by the way how much we were... how much time after you woke up did you call them oh uh so he so my my habit is uh it's not a good habit but it's probably something everybody does which is i i put my phone next to the bed oh yeah and, my, uh, my wife is I, my I, wife's a big fan I, uh, I, I go into airplane mode when I go to sleep, so there's no messages coming in. But, but you're, you're dealing but with first, all, the, uh, all the all the harmful rays, all the yeah. uh, mag magnetic waves that are coming out of there. Yeah, so I'm not, so it's true, I do turn it off, but that phone is the last thing I see before I go to sleep. And the first thing I, I, I reach for when I get up, sometimes the alarm wakes me up, but most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time I just get up, I take the phone, I, I go out of airplane mode and there's this, this beautiful moment, which is horrible, which shows how addicted I am uh, of like, you know, the messages coming in, like, you know, which is, you know, mostly, mostly useless. But one message was from a friend <laughs> in Baal. She's, uh, she's in Berlin. Uh, she's a good friend. And, 
and uh, I was responding to her and then suddenly you realize you, you get into this wormhole of WhatsApp or, you know, messages where you just, you, you're typing with your big fat fingers and you're like, I could just pick up the phone and call. Like, what am I doing? Like, it, this isn't a conversation where we're saying, I'll meet you at three. This is more of like, hey, how's it going? How are you? How's it, you know, and you're like, this is pointless. Like, this, I, I still disagree with this as a method of conversing. So I just called her and she picked up and we spoke for a little bit. And, 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 and one of the things she was saying was very similar to what you're saying, which is, I don't want to deal with the editing. I want to outsource this. Like, I'm waiting for somebody else to finish the editing. And I just told her, look, I got to tell you, I really love editing. I really, uh, and it, you go through a little bit of hell at the beginning, uh, you know, with those things, the corruption, the files, the searching, the getting to know the, the program. But once you do, it feels so unbelievably uh, powerful. You actually have this language that you can use to, actually, to, to, to produce something out there. So I was telling her exactly to, uh, to try it to, to, and to accept the fact that the first few hours are going to be somewhat unpleasant, because, but, but, but that you're going to get uh, good very quickly. Yeah, well, and I think it's everybody have an appreciation for how the media operates. You know, spl splicing yeah. and dicing what they choose so that, uh, you know, we can fall further and further into the uh, deep state's hands. <laughs> uh, it is weird, though, to have, a, have two yeah. editor conversations in a day. These are people who generally don't get mentioned once in a year. They don't. They get an Academy Award that nobody knows, except for, you know, people in the film industry. They might know something about it, but nobody yeah, do you, cares. Do you think they realize that when they get up on the stage and they start giving thanks, like everyone basically goes to the bathroom at that time or is not paying attention? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think the room is empty. Uh, they're just kind of thanking no one. Mm -hmm. They know it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that's... Yeah. What do you what do you it's, think is more difficult, editing or acting? Like who could we live without? In other words, could we just get anybody to go in there if 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 if, if the writing is good to just play the yeah. part, or could we get anyone just to go in there and just do the editing if the uh, acting was good? Uh, a good friend of mine who you may know because he shares a very uh, same name as you. Let's not uh, say that, please. Let's not say the name. But he has a saying, uh, so he is a producer in Los Angeles, and he okay. has a saying which is, the two most important things in a movie uh, are uh, the script and the talent, the actors. Those oh. are the two most important things because everything else is replaceable. Everything else you can find workarounds, but if the script ain't good and if the actors ain't good, you can't find a workaround. Hmm. That's interesting. I, uh, I guess I never thought about that, but I, I like to think of, uh, you know, people in the movies that I thought got hired because they look like somebody else, right? So, um, you know, in, in the 80s, you know, th there was Michael J. Fox, and then a little after, Jason Bateman came about. That's right. So Justine, I always thought, just, Justine Bateman's brother, who correct. was in Family Ties with with uh, Michael J. Fox. Good. That was that was Mallory. Your TV watching days would uh, would tell you. Yep. Uh huh. So I I always assume that they just they're like fuck it. We'll find someone who looks like you. you. Can you think of any actors offhand who look like another actor? And that's probably how they got their job. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, every every handsome actor is is handsome in their own way. I'm terrible with like recognizing faces and stuff, but mm-hmm. to, I mean, to an alien, like I would think like a lot of these whatever Chris Hemsworths and like the superhero people and. They they all look very similar. Ed Helms looks a lot like Jason Sudeikis in my mind. Uh, um, I, I find uh, on some level like uh, Colbert looks a lot like uh, the guy from The Office, the, the lead in The Office. Uh, <laughs> I, I, they even have the same first name, right? Steve Carell. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think like you know we 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 notice these little. Uh, I, I think DiCaprio or. Brad Pitt is starting to look like DiCaprio or the other way around. I mean, there's a, there's a certain look, yeah. People theorize that they're actually one and the same person because they have never to this day been in the same room together. Um, <laughs> that's something I read on the internet once. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I, you've basically completely denigrated everything I've said to try to boost editors up. You have, <laughs> come, you have come in here with your <laughs> producer friends very conceited statement coming from Los Angeles <laughs> that all that's needed is talent and, and a good script, uh, which are probably two things he's involved in. And it's just very dismissive of the whole editing industry. I did, I did want to say one, one other thing that, sure. that, that, we have time. That, that doesn't denigrate it. We have plenty of time, right? Thanks to Zoom. We yeah. really want to thank Zoom for this uh, free call. Thank um, you, Zoom. The, the, uh, another colleague of mine at work uh, and a friend says that, you know, it's, it's so much harder to come up with a two minute presentation than a three minute presentation. Like uh, you actually have to work twice as hard to get it just a little bit shorter. And that is the editing work. That is why editing is so important. Yeah. And that also so explains would... the entire issue with the uh, crazy guy and something about Mary who, when he was going to say he was going to do, you know, five minute abs instead of six minute abs. Yeah. The reason it was never done is because it's too hard. You just can't do it that short. So I, it is a pretty brilliant idea. I think your friend, yeah. I think your friend had a good point. Yeah. Are you speaking of movies and editing and shows or, and since everyone is probably watching uh, more TV in some form than they used to, are, are you finding at all that when you watch shows, you're like, Oh my God, people used to, hang out that close together people used to sit bars and like like almost rub up against the person next to them do you have even the slightest bit of like oh shit that's what life was like or no nah it's still too fresh i mean i recognize it and sometimes if it's not you know if i'm not really captured by the story or the acting or whatever because story and acting are the most important things uh then i'm not uh you know then i might notice the other elements but Uh And, and maybe a part, a tiny part of the brain is going like, well, that's not going to happen again. Uh, but uh, no, I, 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 have you, have you seen something like that? Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I am yeah. noticing slightly. This is not, uh, you know, like a full on nostalgia, but just a little bit of like something uh, tingling. Like, oh shit! How about with, um, you know, in Amsterdam, you you have a decent sized Muslim community amongst the conservative Muslims, uh, women who wear uh, complete uh, covering, except for the, uh, the eye area, any extra empathy uh, knowing now like how, how difficult it is to put a mask on? 
No, no. I, 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 I have not put on a mask myself at all. What is, what is the, ma- what, right now we are in the, uh, getting ready to start. Have you, second. have you put on a mask? You've put on a mask. You told yeah. me. Yeah, uh, I don't want to talk about it because it's a little traumatizing, but, um, <laughs> but I will, I will talk about it. But I'm curious in Amsterdam right now, we are starting the second week of May, um, in case anyone listens to this uh, several years from now, 2020. What is the uh, population like you pass on the street? Are people wearing masks or not in terms of the majority? Majority is not. Yeah. So it has gotten out of control in America and particularly you know, living in Chicago. So we're in a, in a city. It's got a higher density than suburb and uh, more people walk here than uh, are in their cars. The, uh, the legal law now in, in Illinois is that you must wear a mask um, when you're outside. However, the sentence continues for all those that uh, want to get back to syntax uh, before the period when social distancing is not possible, which is defined by six foot distance. And so it has been driving me crazy that every, I got, I got a puppy, we got a new dog. Um, you know, whenever I go outside for a walk with a dog, I go out with my kids. There is now this very clear division starting. And I noticed in Chicago, the more progressive the neighborhood, the higher the percentage of the mask wearing. Um, and now that type of mask, like the progressives are wearing fucking full on, like right below the eyes to like under the chin. Um, mm-hmm. and it makes no fucking sense to me because if you're, con- despite science saying that it's extremely unlikely that by passing somebody, uh, you're going to be able to, uh, you know, have a, an, an inhaled droplet. Um, it's very easy to walk around people, which is what I do out of respect. So if I see someone coming, I'll, I'll kind of slide to the side. Um, but now you'll see people, and I kind of know what like young black guys must feel like. I'll see people. Yeah, you two, mentioned that. Yeah, two blocks ahead of me, two full blocks, fucking crossing the street all the time. Um, and they cross with attitude, don't they? You know, it looks like attitude. I don't know if it's attitude or it's just that's their strut, but it definitely comes across like attitude. But mm-hmm. you know, my um, I, I kind of feel bad for my wife, who is, yeah, I think, like a lot of women, she's a little more sensitive to uh, other people's opinion. Um, was a little more involved in the uh, social medias of the world. You know, she was not uh, wearing a mask to take the dog on a morning walk or to go for a jog when nobody was really out. The other morning she put one on and I was like, you know, why are you doing that? And she's like, you know, I just don't want to deal with it. Like deal with what? She's like, I don't want to deal with people's judgment. So I think a lot of people are doing it simply because they feel other people are judging them or think they should do it. The vociferous few are creating a tyranny for the majority. Now, I'm becoming, I, I, you know, me and a few people I know, I think are becoming in cities anyway, like in the country or in, in states that might be called red states. Apparently it's not a thing, but in, in progressive cities in America, it is, and, and what's really fucked up, so this is not even going to relate to you in Amsterdam if you're not seeing it, is that these people who we're going to assume because they're in the city and they're generally, I see even more so in the progressive, um, very liberal parts of the city, college educated, they are wearing masks, which are not medical fucking masks. They're cloths uh, with the intent being that many people are asymptomatic. So um, if they have their germs, uh, they will not spread them onto you. They are walking, jogging, going into the street against traffic sometimes to avoid passing somebody on a sidewalk. So they somehow feel that that is safer uh, then the infinitesimal possibility of catching uh, COVID and dying is uh, from passing someone on the sidewalk. 
Uh, right. And I don't know why, man, it is just, it's kind of driving me crazy. And it might be that I always have to fight the system and fight what's common. And I hate people that act like sheep, but uh, yeah, I find it really fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, I, it's, it's all very extreme starting with, I don't know if you remember, but like, I mean, if you just remember people's attitudes in the beginning of March, it was like the opposite end of the extreme. It was almost like this isn't, this isn't going to come here. This isn't important. This isn't interesting. And then this like sudden complete, you know, 180 degree turn to the other extreme. There was no middle ground at any point. Yeah, they're, they're, and, they're, and I guess they're never, at least in America, like there just isn't. Like we're, we're, we are a country of extremes. And I guess seeing, being in the middle of something and being aware of it, no matter what it is in life, is really fascinating if you're able to fucking, you know, grab in on that moment. And I feel like that's happening right now. You're seeing the level of sheepness that exists in society. As some might argue, well, no, these are people that are, are following instructions because they're meant to be. But no one even bothers to fucking question it. No one bothers to say, well, wait a second. I get like, let's have better hygiene habits. Let's, you know, try to avoid large group gatherings. Um, you know, some things that might be more common sense towards a, a infectious virus like this. Um, but it's very dehumanizing to wear a mask. I, I don't know if you've ever picked up on that. Well, so one of the issues I have besides the fucking mock science that's being used is that people are losing some of their humanity, uh, you know, and it's kind of what I felt when I was in the Arabian Peninsula, when you're in Oman and Yemen, uh, you know, half of society that being women are, kind of don't exist. They're just eyeballs. And so now mm. you're passing people on the street and we're Americans, right? So some people have cutesy looking masks, but they're covering, you know, their whole fucking face except for their eyes. And when you can't see someone's, um, personality, so to speak, their vibe, uh, you know, what they, because the face radiates so much for us, you don't adapt. I mean, that is part of what I think makes humans special. Uh, and it's extremely, um, I don't know, it's just disappointing, right? It's not, it's not that it's scary, like, oh my God, we're going to get sick. It's more like, who are these fucking freaks that you're walking by? Absolutely. It's, uh, I just finished reading Talking to Strangers by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Give me, a, give me a brief, give me and our listeners a brief recap on uh, that because I'm not familiar with the uh, book, although I do like his hair. He's got wonderful hair. Did he cut his hair, by He's the way? He's got great hair. I don't know. Uh, probably not in the last month. I, I, so, I, for a brief uh, period of time, I thought you might want his hair because your hair could do a similar thing. I can definitely Gladwell my hair. Yeah, that's true. I can, uh, we can verbalize it. This is his latest book. It talks about, um, if I would summarize it, it's like uh, how we make uh, judgments about the people around us. Okay. And one of the, one of the, it's filled with all these anecdotal, all these stories basically, and then science that he weaves into an interesting read. Uh, and uh, one of the things he talks about is uh, how uh, judges in a lot of courts, uh, they just look at the, uh, the, 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 the defendant, let's say, and they interview the defendant, but they're so tuned in to their body language and their face uh, to, the, uh, to make a decision, which, by the way, uh, without spoiling too much, uh, the decision is 
I'm not going to uh, read it, that, so you won't spoil it. Okay. So, so the, the decision, it turns out, is, is horrible, and they're actually they're getting too much information from uh, looking at people's faces. But it gets to the point where there, were, there, there wasn't an, a, a particular trial or incident where the judge dismissed the case because the woman was wearing a veil. And he said, well, if you cannot take the veil off, I cannot judge in this case because I need to see your face. I need to see how you're reacting to things. And again, the spoiler is, it turns out that part doesn't matter. But what does matter is that many judges use that. So what you're saying is very true. It's we feel that we need to see the face in order to judge someone. I mean, it's how the entire fucking game of poker works, right? Once you understand the basics of poker, it's about reading the tell. That's right. Um, and that's kind of why it's bullshit when people wear sunglasses or hats, you know, because they're basically yeah. trying to cover that up. Um, that's right. That's cool. So Malcolm Gladwell might agree with me, although I guarantee based on his fan base, he's wearing a fucking mask right now. Eh. <laughs> I think he, he he fits that American NPR crowd that is like they're fucking mask Nazis in there against everybody who's not wearing a mask. It's it's getting bad. I think I think violence is going to come to this country over the mask. That or the fact that they're not going to open the schools back up, and parents are going to lead the revolt, which might actually help the blue and red states come together here because it's pretty much the one thing we have in common right now, uh, which is having your kids at home and not in school sucks beyond. Uh, you know, uh, anyone's nightmare. Um, I, I, I'm curious because it sounds like a, like a kind of a key frustration for you because you enjoy <laughs> the outside so much. My therapist is going to be like, he's getting angry again. The jersey's coming out. All these angry bits. She's one of our four listeners, by the way. Uh, ah, great, great. What, great. What's your question for us? Uh, me. Uh, well, it just uh, I, I feel for you because it sounds like the you know one of your your biggest enjoyments is going out and discovering and and playing with the world around you, and this mask thing is 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 really inhibiting you because it's almost like putting a blindfold around you. You're unable to use the senses that have been so important to you and so uh, uh, that you're so good with, and suddenly you're 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 like a blind person out there. Yeah, it, that, that you could be right. I think, uh, why am I paying for a therapist when, fuck, I could just have these free conversations within 40, <laughs> 40 minutes with you and as Zoom will take care of the cost. That's um, right. You know, I, I think what it is, again, this is probably an American perspective from a, a father of young children, is the mask is just one more layer uh, of the bullshit. And, and by that, I mean, you have young kids that are in, in daycare and school and the only way these teachers can do it, and so I don't fault them really, is by Zoom. And most of it is them, you know, assigning works that a kid is supposed to do. Well, not a lot of children are self-driven enough to like accomplish the uh, works in these mysterious computer folders that you're supposed to unfold. Um, mm -hmm. They're in their home, which is the biggest distraction for everybody, not just children. And the parent is conflicted because... They know the kids should be in school. You worry about the kids getting behind or not doing their work or, or what to do. So you, you, you already have this, um, you know, built-in conflict going on. And, uh, you know, we have got to take a quick break. Hold on. Now, one second. We'll be right back after a quick commercial break. I'm, I'm waiting. All right. We're back. We're back. We're back from that quick break. Those cigarettes uh, just keep tasting better uh, during COVID. Absolutely. It was a great cigarette. I, I'm actually like excited to see 
the, or to hear the conversation or see the email that you have with the editor in Bangladesh, where you say, look, uh, I want to make sure, <laughs> like cut out the part where I'm talking to uh, Phil, but uh, keep the part where I'm talking about the furniture. And, oh, yeah, and with the, uh, all with, the responses you're going to get from, the, from this editor, like, <laughs> just like the, 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 the never ending email chain. <laughs> who is who is this guy that you're talking to? This Phil. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I think probably the biggest reason I don't uh, use the Fiverr is because while I would love to save money, I I, I think the ability to communicate with uh, editing needs in uh, Bangladesh can be complicated. <laughs> I, I feel a bit racist because I used another one, uh, Upwork, uh, to do some work uh, last year. And you can specify where you want somebody. And I put America only. <laughs> I really did. I never felt so Trump-like uh, in my life. But at that moment, I, I actually went into a special drop-down box and checked only Americans can uh, apply for the job. <laughs> I, I, humor just doesn't translate. I don't care how well you've uh, studied English. If you're not from the culture, you're likely mm. something's going to get lost. Mm -hmm. um, so... During that break, you might have heard that I, I was on a phone call, and uh, you had a question about something you didn't realize. Uh, yeah, I didn't. You were saying that if someone's trying to sell a house and they have old furniture, in order to make the house more appealing, you put in modern furniture. Yeah, there's there's an entire business called staging, which I guess people who don't uh, buy and sell homes or, you know, or, or whatever, don't, don't follow this shit would, would realize, but um, most buyers are unable to visualize uh, a space and how it may look. Um, and so unless somebody has stuff you really like, or they happen to understand how to, um, you know, showcase their house or apartment very well, it can be a huge turnoff uh, for many buyers or renters, and they don't realize it, but they're really judging based on the belongings not on the space. A lot of people don't have good judgment of space. Um, you know, some things are obvious, but a, a lot of them aren't. Uh, but what they do judge by is what your place looks like. Um, so these people come in and they will, um, you know, it's usually an actual interior designer or someone who at least pretends to be, uh, and they have a warehouse full of all manner of furnishings, uh, and they'll come in there and give it a certain look that would appeal to your, uh, your ideal buyer. And so this house happens to be, a, you know, a pretty nice house. The owner did a lot of good work to it, but he has furniture from like 20 years ago. And it just isn't cool furniture from 20 years ago. And so my fear was hmm. when, when people come and look at it, they're uh, going to want to walk out. And so real estate uh, sales are for a relative lot of money. And the cost of these companies is relatively little in comparison. So I like to push for it. However, people think it's wasted money. So a lot of people don't do it. Mm -hmm. But little do they know it. that homes sell much quicker when uh, the house is staged. That's all I'll say about the real estate business. At the moment. <laughs> like your, your place where you live, by the way, if you had to sell it, I would totally recommend getting a stager. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 it changes everything. And, the, and whatever you pay for it, you'll get multiple times back uh, in your offer price. Mm, nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, something to think My, about. Uh, <laughs> the, the next question I wanted to bring up was, 
do you like we were talking about different personalities that you might have yeah. um, do, <laughs> do you think that you have a different personality after you've ejaculated uh, let me finish that thought after you've ejaculated into a woman you know, it was a very odd question, and not because you said ejaculate. It was because you, your uh, your inflection on that was not correct. You like acted like there was more to the sentence, but you stopped, making me think that maybe that was a question. Uh, but now my answer is going to be totally different because uh, the way I feel when I ejaculate into a cup is uh, much different than into a woman. Yes. Uh, I, I generally feel, uh, I feel angry when it's over. I feel like, uh, I'm going to rage and I often do. Wow. Uh, I'll throw glass against the wall and I'll, uh, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll hit something. Sometimes I'll hit her, uh, definitely hit the, <laughs> hit the headboard. <laughs> I mean, that is anybody except for the, uh, you know, most, twisted sociopath feel it's uh, you just got a shot of like uh 10,000 milligrams of dopamine you are uh you know that's why men are at their most vulnerable they're most vulnerable at the moments exactly uh following the ejaculation into a into a woman or really anything i think uh, other items they may have feelings <laughs> of feel, feelings of guilt if uh, they've used their kids socks or uh, the, the back, the back of somebody sleeping, uh, homeless person, car handle. I think all of those may have a, a conflict of emotions. <laughs> um, but if it's uh, how do we say consensual, and, and everybody in the surrounding area, which would to be all atoms um, uh, available, um, are okay with it. I, I think a man. Uh, it's the one time if you're going to get a confession. I've learned anything um, from watching. Uh, various uh, police shows over the years you want to entrap them immediately after the ejaculate yeah wow very yes. good point so yeah wow. i feel i feel very i feel uh, what kind of question is that by the way I mean, uh, do you feel do you, oh did, did you <laughs> <laughs> did you think i was going to say that i honestly felt like the jersey come out of me after the uh, release of of seeds I, I, I didn't have any predictions about you it was more uh, it was more about me actually it was more like i i noticed that I, uh, similar to how people think that they're funnier when they're drunk, mm. I have a similar uh, thing after ejaculation uh, uh, with a woman. And I actually, I, I, you know, I still, I, I believe I really am funnier uh, then. I, I feel like there's a lot of those filters that, that may prevent you from saying certain things or, or whatever, like they're out. And so you're in this, in this like, you know, you're, you're calm and you're in this beautiful free flowing state. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I, and, and I'm very eloquent afterwards. And, uh, I think, I don't know. So I, so I was just curious, uh, cause, cause I'm sure there's a, a biological reaction happening there. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> we, well, we know there's a biological reaction because uh, it's the core <laughs> of biology. <laughs> there is no there is no core more core biological reaction than the release of semen um, and i challenge any scientist to uh, to disagree now it doesn't have to be human semen i think animal kingdom or wherever but uh, you know that when that seed is released that is 
it's as close to God as we're ever going to get. Yeah, that's you know, nice. That like or a ZZ that. Top yeah. concert to, to, to take your pick. Um, yeah. But see it release, I mean, uh, you know, earlier I think you asked a question about, uh, you know, how something might relate to the uh, genitalia. Um, I think, uh, to me, everything comes back to the uh, the release of the seed. Mm -hmm. all, all, all design, all thought, uh, somehow it, it goes back to creation. And creation really being your father's penis. <laughs> you know, people always say it's God. You know, it's a it's a powerful force. It's a powerful force. <laughs> it's some kind of uh, some kind of mystical being. You know, it's some beautiful thing. No, it's your dad's fucking seed. That's what it is, and that's all it is. That's all anybody has to fucking thank. And of course, wow, their mom, I love it. And of course, their mom's you know uh, egg for being a receiver so I, I don't want to forget about her she's like the editor you know she goes <laughs> under she under is. she goes underappreciated uh, in the in the initial part of procreation and then it's the opposite and she becomes like the main actor for the next nine months um right and the father becomes like the editor everyone forgets what he really did um yeah but yeah i, I think it's oh, just a really good point people keep talking about like you know these i think basically writers are really fucking bored uh, and so they keep seeing headline stories about what life's going to be like after COVID or what's COVID going to teach us or what's going to happen. I think one of the things is maybe uh, we'll just lose religion entirely and come to understand it, it, it's all about the dad busting his nut. <laughs> I think uh, you're ready to write another Bible. I think you're just ready to start writing a Bible. <laughs> Believe me, if you go through the Bible like I have, old and new, <laughs> you'll discover it's all about the release of the ejaculate. <laughs> you know, that's how all these guys got to, first of all, they all had fucking multiple children. They lived forever, probably because of their virility. They were incredibly viral, 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 viral. Yeah. It looks like virile, viral. viral. It sounds like someone from the South whose name is viral. Um, but it's, uh, it's viral. my name is viral. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know this has been a great show today. I think we've really touched on some important topics. Absolutely. Uh, do you do you want? Should we hear from a sponsor before we go today? Oh my God, we should. We should totally hear from a sponsor. I I have not uh, uh found a new one uh since uh since uh Boeing and uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, but Carnival Cruise Lines did did pay for another um another read, so I can do that if you wish. Yeah, I, th I think we can. Yeah, we can probably go back to back. Let's hear. Let's hear what our sponsor has to say. Go for it. Oh, okay. I, I got to set it up. Why don't you start? I, I apologize. I don't have it right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm very I, unprofessional in that. You sense. know, uh, our listeners may not know this uh, because a lot of sponsors prefer that, uh, that you know they come up in the middle of the show and oftentimes two or three times for their paid spots. You know, we run a special deal. Basically, we can do your commercial. <laughs> we we can do your commercial whatever the fuck we want. That's right. So in today's and today's show, it's going to happen to come right at the end. So if you uh, had to go to the bathroom, you're waiting to go. <laughs> and uh, and like it, and like me, <laughs> and like me creating a video for my seven year old son. Don't know how to use a pause button. Uh, now would be the uh, the time. So we're basically saying there's not going to be any more content after this. So you might as well not listen to these ads. Unless you unless you consider these uh, commercials content, in which case, act like the Super Bowl and don't leave your seat. There you go. 
There you go. All right. Two Jews in a Microphone is brought to you by the Carnival Cruise Lines, which was founded by two Jews and lots of money, Ted Arison and Meshulam Rickless in 1972. Carnival Cruise Lines has provided the world with some of the greatest buffets known to man and woman. Ribs buffet, breakfast buffet, burger buffet, soup buffet, salad buffet, shrimp buffet, and for summer 2020, our new Italian pasta buffet, Spanish paella buffet, and Chinese dim sum buffet, and many more. With Carnival Cruises, you can be happy all the time from our amazing activities on the deck to the crazy nighttime activities down below. Join us for a carnival cruise that's right for you at wonderful discounts and enjoy being together with strangers from all ages exploring different exotic countries of the world from China to Spain to Italy to the United Kingdom. And as a special offer to listeners of this podcast, Carnival Cruise Lines is offering 10% off your first purchase of a cruise. Go to CarnivalCruiseLines.com and type in the coupon code two Jews and a microphone. Yeah, our thanks to Carnival again. It really, uh, the cruise industry must just still be struggling so much to give us support yeah. like this, despite our Absolutely. low our low viewership or listenership. Um, They're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. They uh, and they even offered us a cruise uh, right now. We just have to find out how to get there. But if we can get to the yeah. ship, um, we can go on that cruise. Yeah, we can do it. And and. Yeah, I'm excited about these destinations too. I think the UK and Spain are great. It's great, and I don't, I don't want, I don't want Carnival to take this the wrong way because perhaps Carnival is not, uh, is not like this. But having worked on a cruise ship many, many years ago, I kind of feel like there's some uh, sick justice happening here because the cruise industry. Let me just say, those people are motherfuckers. And if you've never been on a cruise, go watch, go watch how the employees are treated, at least on the cruise line I worked for, which was not Carnival. They may treat their employees better. But uh, this, this place was beyond indentured servitude um, and, and pretty, pretty fucking awful. Although it was fun being a, a young single guy who had the run of the ship. But outside of me, eh, the employee's life kind of sucked. That's a, a, a different podcast that we're recording at the same time, which is my life on a cruise ship. <laughs> but yeah, they, and they, they really did it right, Carnival. I mean, I think they can, these are the listeners they want on their ship. If they want to get people to uh, put themselves in an airtight facility far, far away from land during a uh, pandemic, uh, are people the ones who are going to do it? At least I hope. Did you... I, I hope so too. And uh, again, a uh, big thank you to uh, to the to the cruise lines, to the carnival. Uh, did you uh, did you want to read your um, uh, our, our other spon- our other our other sponsor? Yeah, other sponsor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we we we've we've got we've got two. You know, they basically gave me an option. I I can do one this week and one next week. Uh, but sarcophagus really like the uh, the, <laughs> the hits they got uh, last week. So I, I think we're gonna give uh, sarcophagus the uh, nod, and uh, we'll do V-Lock. No, oh, I love V-Lock. I, so, I have know, my own V-Lock. For those that yeah. aren't familiar with Sarcophagus, really just a, a fantastic product. It's something uh, I've really been supporting uh, big, and, and I think you should just really hear what they got to say. You know, Spring is here, and you really want to get outside. We know that. And start exercising. And maybe you just want to go to the store or simply get the mail, but, but you're scared. You're just so scared. You're not alone. 
These are scary times for everybody and nobody wants to catch the corona. That's why you need sarcophagus. Sarcophagus is a patented material initially used to prevent attacks from locusts and frogs and even used to ward off boils and darkness. No need to wear some awkward feeling unattractive mask or proctologist gloves. No need to get inside that 30 gallon garbage bag. Simply hop inside sarcophagus and it will be January 2020 all over again. Now with a new and improved formula, sarcophagus is being used successfully to protect its wearers from COVID-19 along with other airborne illnesses, including air itself. Sarcophagus is easy to use and once immersed inside your sarcophagus, you can move safely throughout your town with the security of knowing COVID-19, SARS, MERS, swine flu, H1N1, UB40, KRS1, R2D2, and others will never affect you. We are so confident in our product that we offer a lifetime warranty. Should any infectious disease infiltrate your sarcophagus, we'll provide your money back. Sarcophagus is available where all fine funeral products are sold. Sarcophagus, don't leave home without it. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. You know, you're reading it better and better. It's like you're really owning well, this one. I think because we're getting closer to the moment when more of us are going to need a sarcophagus. And I think it's method acting, man. I got to be in it. I got to feel it. I got to be part of this movement we're all living through. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'd like to uh, thank all our listeners today. I'd like to thank the uh, the great people of our, our countries who have uh, tuned in. Uh, you have any closing words that you'd like to leave with, sir? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, it's 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 uh, clearly spring is in the air, and uh, and 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 something is starting to change. Uh, we don't know how it's going to emerge. Uh, this this opening up of economies, at least at least in Europe, uh, things are starting to. There's a little bit of optimism in about a month or so. Uh, a lot of countries will, will come out of uh, this level of lockdown. So I think it's, a, it's an exciting time, actually, in, 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 the, in the story, this ongoing story called Corona. And we'll see where, where it goes, where it develops. Beautiful. All right, everybody. From our hearts to, your, to you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we wanted to say to your genitalia, but that doesn't sound very good. And, to your rectum just sounds rude, so I think... I like our, rectum. I think rectum is great. All right. From our hearts to your rectum, two Jews and a microphone are signing off. Peace yeah. out. Godspeed. Godspeed.